This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Matt Addison, alongside me is our Echo writer Dan Kay. Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Matt. Yourself? Yeah, not so bad. Just uh, keeping an eye on some German football this afternoon, which has not been a a bad thing for the last few weeks, certainly. No, absolutely. And hopefully only a couple of weeks away now from some Premier League action to get our teeth stuck into. Yes, exactly that. I'm sure there'll be a fair few Liverpool fans and Chelsea fans as well keeping an eye on Timo Werner this afternoon as well, obviously. Mm. The news that that has broken over the last couple of days regarding him. I mean, first of all, Dan, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on that situation? And and have Liverpool maybe made the right decision or, or the wrong decision? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's one of those where kind of time will tell. I mean, I th- the general kind of theme and narrative over the last couple of months, really, probably even before the, the, the lockdown in March, seems to be that it almost seemed like a fait accompli. All the noises we heard coming out of Werner and, and his camp in Germany was that he was desperate to come to Liverpool. In many ways, he seems to take a lot of boxes in terms of his, his profile, his background, his skill set. The fact that he was young and, and wanted to kind of be hungry and learn wouldn't necessarily go straight into the team. Kind of seemed to fit in that would suit Liverpool as well, because obviously the front three that Liverpool have at the moment still have, you would like to think, a good few years ahead of them. But you want to kind of supplement that and have quality backup ahead of time and not leave it too late. So I think, you know, like like most people, I think there was a general sense of surprise when the news broke. We were late on Thursday night, I think, wasn't it? That... <clears throat> Chelsea were now favourites to sign him. Now, I mean, <clears throat> our uh, latest transfer rumours roundup um, that's just gone online on the Echo website in the last hour or so uh, features a line from um, a. Uh, just bear with me one second. Uh, basically, saying that it isn't necessarily all over by the shouting. Um, I, th- I think it, it's, a, it's a German football writer suggesting that this latest development may provoke Liverpool into action. And literally in the last hour, last few minutes, we've had a tweet flagged to us uh, from RB Leipzig, Oliver Mintzlaff. Yes, who, Oliver Mintzlaff, the, the RB Leipzig chief executive. He's the chief exec, right. Well, there's basically a quote from him to Sky Germany in the last half hour saying, we haven't had an exchange with Chelsea yet. So far, Timo Werner has not drawn the clause, nor has a club sent a transfer contract. We have nothing to report and do not take part in the daily speculation. Now, I suppose that's a fairly straight bat that you would expect a chief exec of a club in their position uh, to play. I, I think the key aspect, as far as I'm concerned, is that, listen, we all want to see Liverpool sign top players. And ever since the Werner rumours have been started, we've all been keeping an eye on the stories, the clips. Obviously, since the Bundesliga has come back onto our screens, everyone's been watching that as well. But the reality is, you know, the Liverpool Football Club, Jurgen Klopp, Michael Edwards, Mike Gordon, everybody involved in recruitment at Liverpool have more than earned the right to be trusted. And if they feel that this is not the right deal at the right time, whether for, fa- whether for financial reasons or otherwise, then I think it would be crazy to, to kind of take them to task for that. They know that ultimately they're going to have to supplement and build on this squad because it's not going to last forever. But they've got to cut the cloth accordingly and just do what's best for the club. I mean, the reaction from some, not all, but some Liverpool supporters on the internet, you know, with FSG out, uh, petitions being um, created and saying, oh, they're worse than the Glazers. I mean, I, I honestly just don't get what planet some people are on. Now. It does seem, some supporters seem to kind of 
see transfers as a bigger deal than trophies. But from my point of view, yeah, it was a bit surprising and maybe slightly disappointing because I suppose you'd want to hear the news that, yeah, he's signing. But if Jurgen Klopp and his team don't feel it's the right decision, then I've got absolutely no problem backing them. And I would imagine the majority of the football fans would, would feel the same. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line, isn't it? I think it's easy to forget, really, over the the years there's been different transfers that haven't happened. And even when you think of ones like Van Dijk, it didn't happen at the time, but then there was discussion for six months and then it's happened and then then it's come off perfectly. So, yeah, certainly I think the the reaction from some, as you say, has been slightly over the top. But uh, whatever happens with Timo Werner, wherever he ends up, I think it's fair to say that if he doesn't come to Anfield, there'll be a little extra slot maybe that the fourth choice attacker might be up for, for grabs again obviously Divock Origi has been there or thereabouts and and Takumi Minamino as well is, is somebody that Liverpool fans are still waiting to see the best of from what we've heard and, and seen he's been impressing in training I mean do you think this break potentially and, and this sort of lead up to, to the Premier League season resuming could have come maybe at the right time for Minamino? Yeah, possibly. I mean, he came in in January and, you know, there was a straight into the thick of things in the FA Cup Merseyside derby and showed a couple of reasonable touches, even if it was obviously it was a derby, it was 100 miles an hour for him. And it's not an easy situation to come into where, you know, this is a Liverpool team, you know, at that stage, it was literally winning every single week. Um, and, you know, Jurgen Klopp hasn't really altered or tinkered or rotated with that lineup too much. So I think there was always going to be a bit of a, a betting in period for him, uh, and obviously it was it was a huge move for him. Right? It wasn't his first move into Europe, but you know it's a different country, different language, learning to <clears throat> learning to fit in and, and check with the new surroundings, his new teammates. So, I think the other aspect as well that, that will certainly be to his advantage and possibly to some of the younger players like Curtis Jones, Nico Williams, some others on the fringes of the squad who were looking to kind of show what they can do and you know show you know. Put themselves in the mix for next season, and and how what how Liverpool are going to look to formulate their squad. Then it's the fact this announcement that there's going to be what is it set? Uh, is it nine subs on the bench, but five you can use during a game? It's Something like that. Yeah, five De- definitely five. Yeah. In, in, instead of three. I mean, it may well be like with cup finals, like the Champions League final. You can possibly name eleven on the bench, but the point is you can you can make five substitutions during a match. So particularly as you know, no one's counting any chickens, but as we all know. Liverpool are two games away from seeing the title and there's nine games left. So even if you know, you'd like to... You know, we hope it's done in two games because I'm still personally a little bit fearful that if we get this bad second spike, everything might shut down again. And it would be awful if so they got one win and we were one win, one win away from it and then it stopped again. But you know, whether it takes two, three, four, five games, it's not going to take nine, is it? So you would imagine, particularly in those games, hopefully once touch wood, the title is sealed, that would possibly be... And yeah, I suppose there's an issue as regards the integrity of the league because some of the matches Liverpool will be playing in, maybe against teams fighting for relegation spots or Champions League. So um, you know, Klopp will do what's best for Liverpool, but at the same time, I think he'll also try and balance that out with the integrity of the competition. But the bottom line, Matt, is that yeah, there should be ample opportunities for the likes of Minamino, for the likes of Curtis Jones, for the likes of some of these others that are looking to put a marker down really for next season to show the manager and everybody watching what they can do. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. I think it's only three times he's come off the bench so far, Minamino, in the Premier League. And generally when he's played for Liverpool, it's been as a number nine, hasn't it? It's been through the middle, sort of basically trying to replicate what Roberto Firmino brings to the side. I mean, 
that's a very difficult role to fulfill, isn't it? And we, obviously, we, we spoke to, to Jesse Marsh, who, who's coached him before uh, last yeah, week, and he sort of said, you know, he can, can play in a, a few different positions and, and that sort of thing. I mean, would you expect Jurgen Klopp to continue to, to play him through the middle? Do you think that seems to be where he's most comfortable? Or, or do you think there might be an opportunity to, to experiment a bit in the final few games? I, you, know, you know, he's been at Liverpool, what, getting on for five years in October. And I think the one thing that we can say about Jurgen Klopp is that, you know, he does like players who are versatile, that can fulfil more than one role, that are, you know, tactically flexible and can and fit and move around within a system. I mean, yeah, I think he certainly made his debut against Everton when he started in that kind of front number nine role. But, you know, Firmino is a unique footballer. You know, I, I don't think I've ever really seen anyone like him. And I think Klopp is probably smart enough to realise that it's probably impossible to try and replicate him. Because I, I just don't think there's another player like him. So I think there may be a certain degree of trial and error where, you know, he's played in a, di- a number of different formations alongside different players. And it's a case of seeing what works, what doesn't work, what could be improved on. Um, you know, I think another key facet of the clock's management is his ability to get the most out of the players at his disposal. You know, over this you know, near five-year period at Anfield, now you can look at a lot of players... <coughs> who have really developed and come on a long way under his tutelage. So, you know, but, but, but it doesn't always happen overnight. You know, there's a number of players who came, who came into Liverpool um, and took time to hit the ground running. I, mean, I remember Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who I always thought was a decent player at Arsenal and played for England and so on. But his first couple of months at Anfield, he looked way off the pace. You know, and it's not like he hadn't been playing for Arsenal. I think one of his last games for Arsenal was against Liverpool at Anfield. But it took time to kind of, you know... It's not just the tactical stuff. You know, it, it's the level of fitness that's required to play for a Jurgen Klopp team. It takes time, and, and it's you know, even you know, for me, it look, looks like a fit lad. It's a different. It's apples and oranges. It's, it's a whole different ball game. So I, I think as time goes on, he will, he will find, he will find his feet, and hopefully find his niche within this squad and be part of you know the, the evolution of this Liverpool team, which you know has has won the. European Cup, the World Club Camp Championship is on the brink of winning the league. But the fact that Klopp signed a new contract you know, towards the end of last year shows that he is in for the long haul. And I think ultimately he's going to be looking to build you know, a second great side, you know, much like Bill Shankly did in the early 70s after his success in the mid-60s. But it won't happen overnight. I mean, Shankly went seven years without a trophy. I'm not sure if the modern football landscape would allow that for Jurgen Klopp. But um, you know, look at it, even if there is a certain amount of development going on, um, the, it, you know, Klopp very much seems to have tied into this mentality. It's not just about winning. Winning is very important, but it's about the journey. And that's why, even if it was only last May when he, he finally put that first piece of silverware on in, in the trophy room at Anfield, there was this inescapable sense of progress and momentum that was happening with the club. And I think... Even you know, I fully expect Liverpool to challenge very strongly for the league next season and have a really good chance of retaining it. But so long as I think we can see that same kind of progress and and, and evolution that we've seen right the way through, then certainly I as a supporter will, will have no complaints about that because no one's got a divine right to win every, every year. No, and I think that's probably why Jurgen Klopp, if no one was to be signed this summer, I think he'd be quite happy to get, to go again because, of course, mm-hmm. Liverpool, 25 points clear. They could win the league by more than 25 points, which would be quite incredible. I mean, I've seen a few different people sort of saying that if he went with Minamino rather than going out and, and buying somebody else, Liverpool might regress a little bit this season. But, I mean, 
even if they did, even if they regressed by 24 points, they could still be champions next season. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the bar has been raised to such an extraordinary extent over the last couple of years, you know, initially by Manchester City and then by Liverpool catching up with them. But, you know, you've know, you, you basically got to aim for 100 points to win a league. Now, I, I don't know if that is sustainable in the long term. You know, obviously, we all wait and see what happens with City in terms of, you know, I think it's next week that they, they've got the hearing at pass, haven't they, the Court of Arbitration as regards to the Champions League ban. And obviously, that, that could prove to be quite significant. I mean, you know, Chelsea may well challenge stronger next season if they do get Werner. They've already brought in, they've already brought in someone else, have they? Pakim Ziyech from, from Ajax, Ziyech from Ajax. Reportedly Ajax. looking at Ben Shilwell as well, who's a fantastic, yes, right. fantastic left back. So. They've got money. I, I, I do think Lampard's a good young, you know, is a, is a very promising young manager. So, you know, other teams will be better next year. And that may well mean that, you know, I'm not going to say you're going to win the league with 75, but it may well be back down to a more normal figure of 85, 90. So, like you say, if Liverpool do not, you know, don't maybe win 95% of all their league matches, which is basically what they've been doing for the last 18 months or so, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're in the doldrums and we'll all be marching around Anfield with clock out banners. No, certainly not. And hopefully, uh, as you say, uh, Takumi Minamino could be uh, a little bit more settled and we might see a little bit more of him. I'm sure over the last few weeks he's been training hard with his Liverpool teammates and, and given we don't expect there to be too long a period between the end of this season and the start of next season, I suppose the final question really is Jurgen Klopp will be treating this period now and the final few games of, of this season really as pre-season for next season as well. So pretty much you'd, you'd expect him to go strong on that basis, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, this is probably the longest break that a lot of these players have had for years because, you know, it, you know, in terms of time, it's already longer than a conventional close season. But you've got to remember as well, in most close seasons, every other year there's an international tournament. And even in the other ones, there's usually something going on. So, you know, as, as I mentioned before, particularly this season, Klopp had largely relied on, you know, a kind of core of maybe 11 to 15 players. And to some degree, even if obviously no one would have wanted it in these circumstances, it probably has done them a degree of good in being able to recharge the batteries, uh, you know, shake off whatever little niggles and, you know, pain barriers that a lot of pros play through. And it may well serve them well going into next season, however long the break is going to be, which obviously we don't know, that they're able to hit the ground running. And, it, and that's why I think they'll be, you know, even if they do win it, wrap up the league in, in two games, there is an element, you know, like I said before, the integrity of the competition. The, you know, the, I'm sure they've got a desire to, you know, break points records and become you know, Liverpool's most dominant champions ever. But also, as well, it's an opportunity to put, put to put down a marker for next season and to build momentum so they can start strong and hopefully, you know, take as firm a grip on the league table as they did last year. Although I don't know if we can necessarily necessarily expect it to be quite the procession, but. You know, I, 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 a few of us have expressed this view, the fact that obviously the situation that we're in, you know, when hopefully it is when rather than if this league title, this league title is clinched, we're not going to be able to you know, celebrate it in the manner we've all dreamed of for 30 years. That, you know, that's another aspect that should hopefully just get a fire burning in them to, you know, to go and, you know, great teams. It, it takes a great team to win the league, but it takes an even greater team to retain it. And if they can do that, they really will be putting themselves in the pantheon and and so they can they could use this situation to their advantage and I'm sure that that's what we, they'll be looking to do. 
definitely, as you say, I'm sure all of the players and probably Takumi Minamino as much as anybody will uh, hopefully go into next season fit and, and firing and, and hopefully settled in by that point. But uh, thanks very much for, for that, Dan. That's all we've got time for for today. Uh, we will see you next time here on the Agenda podcast and we will, of course, have plenty more content across Blood Red and the Liverpool Echoes website over the next few days. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.